Heavenly Father, our Father, Abba, Daddy. Once again, as your children, we come to you. We bend our knees before you. We bow our hearts before you. And we pray and we ask for you to purify our conscience by your presence. Create in us a clean heart. Restore to us the joy of your salvation. We pray that your Son, our Lord, Jesus the Christ, that at his coming this Advent season, that he may find in us a mansion, a dwelling place, a temple, a sanctuary, a home prepared for him. We pray for a fresh feeling of your Holy Spirit. Come and overflow in our lives. Like Elizabeth, cause everything inside of us to leap with joy at your presence. And as we open your holy word, I ask that you would stand in my body, think with my mind, speak with my tongue, those things you'd have us know, say, and do. With love, with charity, with grace, with kindness, with mercy, with justice, with humility, for the building up of others and for the glory and honor of your most holy name. Open wide, you gates. Open up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory would come in. We welcome you, Jesus, today. Change us today. Bring your joy into our hearts today. In Christ's name we pray, amen, amen. Uh, as I've said, you know, this is the fourth week of Advent. This Friday's Christmas Eve, Saturday's Christmas Day. That's how it works, in case you didn't know. And I think if we were to, to describe this week, and I know we're not a church that always says amen, but I know you're gonna say amen, and you don't have to, I'm not begging. The word for this week is Full. Like this last week before Christmas is always full. It's full of preparations. It's full of parties. It's full of tying up year in things. Children are out of school. <laughs> and your house is full. You may be preparing for traveling. People may, you may be preparing for people to travel to you. We've got two sets of families coming in pre-Christmas and after Christmas. This week is probably the fullest week of Advent. And it's also most likely full of, not just preparations, but full of stress. I always nickname Christmas Stressmas. Like, why is the most wonderful time of the year the most stressful time of the year? 
Um, I only got invited to one Christmas party this year, and I don't know whether to thank God for that or if like, maybe is there something I don't know, you know? But we went to a great party last night. It was awesome. I'm a one party uh, uh, December guy. And so, um, you know, you may have a crisis on your mind and your heart, as I do, as many of us do. You may have a personal crisis that just showed up at your door. You may have a number of crises. What's the plural of crisis? Crisi? Crises? 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 I like crisi. That's kind of a cool one. Like, with the, like, you, like you know, like you could have a broken heart. You could have fear and concern of, of covid of wonder, like, are we, it's 20 months, really? Um, you may be worn out and weary from the last two years or more. You know, as I say, hey, we're towards the end of 2021, you may be like, whoa, like that just flew by. I'm acutely aware of the heaviness that's in our community and in our church and our lives, the weariness, the ongoing cascading crises that show up. And so no matter who you are, no matter how you are, no matter where you are, again, that, that is a, that's the second time that's happened. I should not give like directional things, sorry. I am grateful for those things, honestly. Um, I have good news is you're not alone. You're not alone. Like, not, you're not alone in the sense that we're here, but you're not alone in, like, this is the Advent story. Like, I love American Christmas. Like, I, like I, I've got, I think, a 14-foot a Mickey Mouse in my front yard. I've got Frosty the Snowman in my front yard. Like, I, I sing the songs. We've got a Christmas tree. And yet, we should acknowledge that in the story of the nativity, there is suffering there is heartbreak. There's an infanticide from Herod. There is the holy family becoming a refugee family, fleeing to Egypt to save their baby boy. There, there is infertility. There is Rachel weeping for her children. There is the lowly shepherds in the field. Um, there is corruption in the temple. Like in every nook and cranny of the nativity story is pain and heartbreak. And sometimes as we grow up in the, in the American consumer Christmas season, we have, we have the Frank Sinatra HGTV Hallmark version of Christmas, and I appreciate that. I love some Nat King Cole, right? But when we, when we really look at the nativity, we see the heartbreak that's in the story. And core to the Advent message is that light comes into the world in some very hard circumstances, in the midst of pain, in the midst of crisis, in the midst of suffering, loss, in a mass killing of, of babies from Herod. So today, um, we get to learn from two great women of the Bible, Mary and Elizabeth, on how to prepare for God's presence. And they have some great lessons to teach us um, and, and that they have some great things that they do 
in the midst of their stress, their confusion, their questions, their disbelief, their drama, their gossip, their whispers, etc. So um, if you have a Bible, let's go to Luke chapter one. Uh, Luke chapter one, we'll, we'll start in verse 26. If you want a physical Bible, there's some in the back you can grab, pull it up on your phone or on our website. And the title of today's message is uh, Getting Ready in the Midst of Stress, because this is your week. It's going to be a full week of lots of preparations, and I want to encourage you to think through, in the midst of stress, in the midst of travel, in the midst of all the things, in the midst of crisis, how would God have you to prepare for the light coming to you in a deeper way this Advent season? to prepare him room in any and all circumstances. Um, I, would, I could also title this, I almost titled this message, Mary is our model, but I figured I'd run all the Protestants off. So, um, <laughs> nervous laughter. Okay, <laughs> read the Bible, Drew. Luke chapter one, um, Verse 26, this is technically not in the lectionary, but I feel like it's, it's great to read, and we'll, we'll read what is in the lectionary. Uh, verse 26, in the sixth month, that's of Elizabeth's miraculous pregnancy of old age, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, this like low place, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and he said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. I kind of wonder, like, when, when the angel showed up, does she look over her shoulder and, like, look, wait, who are you talking to? Like, she's troubled at the angel saying, you know, uh, greetings, your favorite Lord's with you. And I, I just have, you know, like, did she, like, are you talking to me? She was troubled at that. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, he will be great and he will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will, will give to him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, I think just with a curious, innocent question, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, which is like, you can ask God questions. Sometimes you don't get the answer. But here's a time where the, the angel gave her the answer. He said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born, will be called Holy, the Son of God. And this is amazing right here. I wanna highlight this right here for you. And behold... So like, pay attention to this next, behold, don't miss this. Your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. 
And just, uh, you know, like I grew up in church and that's like a, a cute coffee cup verse that you see on the back of um, like a Honda bumper sticker from Caleb or something. And, and I just confess, like, I always roll my eyes at that stuff, you know. Nothing, you hear people say that, nothing's impossible with God. And you're like, yeah, 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 whatever. This comes from Gabriel, the angel. So no matter what crisis you're staring down, like in this Advent story, the angel says nothing is impossible with God. That's not from Caleb. That's from Gabriel. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. She basically says, I am wholly yours. I'm open. And so the angel departed from her. Verse 39, in those days, Mary arose and went with haste, quickly. She didn't drag her feet. Into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby, who's John the Baptist, leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Because Zechariah, her husband, didn't believe. But the 14-year-old girl did believe. That's my expose there. Hear the word of the Lord. <laughs> and, and not necessarily my, my comments there. I want to highlight just a couple of things and then we'll be done. And the first thing is Mary's response. This news of her being a virgin all of a sudden I'm going to be married. I'm I'm betrothed to Joseph and like, and we we know, you know, uh, Joseph pondered to divorce her secretly because of this. In the midst of Mary's, in this crisis, really, this teenage girl says, Lord, I'm yours. I am open to your word. And I wonder for us today and for you, as we journey towards the the nativity, how might you need to say to the Lord, no matter what's going on, Lord, I'm wholly yours. I am yours. I am open to whatever it is you want to do. I'm not going to understand it. I don't know how you're going to work it out. I don't get this Holy Spirit overshadowing you thing, but I'm wholly yours. I'm your servant. No wonder why the Lord found favor with her. She had that childlike innocence. And then there's something I've never thought of, and it's, the kindness of God in her life to give her Elizabeth. That the angel says, 
and behold, your relative. And she gets like the lowdown on Elizabeth's miraculous pregnancy who is six months ahead of her. As I was reflecting on that, I've never, I mean, I've grown up in church. I've been in the ministry for 19 years. I've been a senior pastor for a decade. I've never thought on like, wow, the grace of God to Mary in giving her Elizabeth to go to. We were watching uh, my kids, um, uh, we watched a couple times this week, um, the, the Star, I don't know if you, if you have kids, but um, like Sony made a, 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 a um, like the, the story of Jesus' birth called The Star, and, um, but it's from the animal's perspective, it's fascinating, you can rinse it. And they got this scene, there's a, there's a moment where like Elizabeth and Zechariah drop Mary off back to Joseph. And she says, like, hey, thanks for everything. And you, you get, this, like, she spent some time there. And I was like, good job, Sony. Like, wow, you, you, you got that detail, you know? Uh, go, go check it out. Um, and so um, I, just, I just am marveling at the grace of God here that he would weave their lives together. Um, I am assuming Mary would have been overwhelmed at age 14 at this news, and that, and that with haste, she goes to Elizabeth. And then there's, there's um, Mary gives Elizabeth the gift of the Spirit. As Mary comes in, Elizabeth, the, the Spirit enters Elizabeth. And like John the Baptist does like a spirit kick, you know, and it with joy. And like the gift that, that, that God through Mary gave to Elizabeth in that. It's so profound. And then in return, Mary, I'm sorry, Elizabeth gives Mary a blessing and speaks a blessing over her. He says, the mother of my Lord, and like confirms this. And, and just, I just want to offer that to you this week to, to mine and ponder the depths of, this is the story of Jesus and yet inside of that story, we have these two women, a young woman and an older woman. We see this intergenerational, cross-generational thing of an older woman and a younger woman ministering to each other, blessing one another, the spirit working in between them and their children in the midst of a very tough time in the midst of whispers and gossip, and is Joseph gonna keep you? Not even knowing about Herod and his ego, that would, that would do what I've already explained. Do you see the kindness of the Lord there in weaving Elizabeth and Mary together for each other? We talk about preparing in the season, and I often think of like, well, hanging things like this up, and, and putting the decoration and hanging things on the tree and getting Mr. Potato Head to inflate in the front yard because he's old and like there's a leak and he's not inflating. And you, 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 you know, it's Shari's favorite inflatable that we have. Just, and he's not, he's not, he might not survive this year. But we, we think of preparation like that, but, and that's fine. But Mary and Elizabeth, they have a different type of preparation. Mary doesn't choose isolation. She goes with haste to her, her relative. 
and her relative receives her, and for some period of time, they, they spend time together, and they encourage one another, and they build each other up. And so I, I just want to lob the question to you. Who has God woven into your life? Perhaps God has you in a place where you need to be Elizabeth to somebody, and maybe there's somebody who is in a situation, and God wants to work his blessing through you. And in return, you're, you're going to get filled with the Holy Spirit in a greater measure, because there's, that's the only way you can do it. Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you're in Mary's shoes, and maybe you're in a, a time of, I got questions, and what's this going to mean, and what are people saying about me, and the mother of, of like, I'm going to be the mother of the, like, the weight of that. And, 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 and maybe you're in Mary's position, and you're in need, or you're in crisis, or you're, 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 you're just hurting. What would it look like to go with haste to somebody, to an Elizabeth, in an appropriate way? for some tangible presence and pastoral care. So as we head into this last week of Advent, as we stare down Christmas Eve, 10 a.m., expect all of you there. Let me give you a wake-up call. I'm calling you. Prepare Jesus' room in your life, in your family, and please don't miss any moments where he might be weaving your life in with somebody else, just like he did with Mary and Elizabeth. It's how he works. So we've got those questions on the bulletin, and um, I want to leave them with you and just ask you to, to ponder those things, to ponder how God might lead you to prepare, not, and not just in isolation and as an individual, but in community. Let's pray. Father, we are humbled at this story. And that really maybe we're footnotes in the story. This is your story. This is the story of God. And yet you invite us to play small supporting parts. And you weave our lives in with others. especially when things aren't rainbows and sunshine and unicorns everywhere. So we pray for your help. We pray for your wisdom. We pray for your comfort, for your strength for those who are weary, who are in day-at-a-time mode, who are in hour-at-a-time mode, who are minute-at-a-time mode. 
God, have mercy on us. Fill us. Lord, let us be like Mary, who in any and every circumstance we can say, Lord, I am wholly yours. I belong to you. I am open to your will, to your story, to your agenda, to your twists and turns. I am open to you. And Lord, like Mary, help us to in haste recognize those you have placed in our life for spiritual companionship. Lord, help us to reject the false benefit of isolation in the unhealthy forms. And Lord, help us to be like Elizabeth. I pray, God, that something would leap inside of us too. Something would leap inside of us too. Restore to us the joy of your salvation in your coming.